0: partying over here. New Year's Day. Just continue with the party on Life in the Groove. It's one big party. We're starting 2014 with the party. It's the way it should be, Tina Anderson. Happy New Year. Oh my gosh, 2014. Uh, This is the place for clarity and inspiration and fun and motivation and practical tips so you rock stars can rock the free world like you should be fitting all the pieces together, emotional and physical well-being, and just living a good life and having a good time. Taking your calls, checking your tweets, posts, emails. You can reach me at my blog, TinaAndersonOC.com, or toll-free, 855-892-9606. That's 855-892-9606. And last week, my fun word for the weekend was alchemy and Jay was able to use that in a sentence and you guys were all supposed to use alchemy for some time during the week and I hope you did. This weekend it's serendipity.
1: That's a good word. That's
0: a good word, right? Serendipitous, serendipity. So that one might be a little more challenging to use and so I'm asking you to use serendipity and uh, find a way to, to get that into a conversation in a sentence just because. Just be your little secret with me. Welcome to the show, and again, happy New Year! And I am I'm very excited about 2014, and I very much hope that you ended on a bang, started on uh, another bang. And um, gentlemen, how was? Did you have good New Year's? Yes, Jay? it was nice. Yeah, I had
1: to spend time with my family and chill out in Texas for a little while. But it's it's nice to be back.
0: Yeah. Did yeah. you Did you stay up until? New Year's, of course. Of course, you did. Okay, because sometimes you have to ask. Because you're younger, us married with children. Sometimes we do we celebrate the New York style. What about you, Big Bri? Oops. Oh, you don't get to talk. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> let me have no, no,
1: no talking. I had a nice event, and I am looking forward to 2014.
0: All right, cool. Me too. We all are. I love kicking off the show with a dynamic guest, and we actually met. What was that? What did I miss? I looked down, and you did something. I
1: just got swatted for. Something for for silencing me. me.
0: Oh yeah, he swatted you. Cannot silence me. (laughs) Do not silence him. I mean ever. Okay, so what was I saying? until I got you know thrown off by you two. Um, Oh yes, I have. (laughs) By by you two. (laughs) By you two, which was our was our opening song. That was good, Jay. Uh, I met uh, so witty. (laughs) I know Jim McPartland. Uh, Gosh, Jim, welcome to the show. First of all, sorry, we're going crazy over here, and because it's New Year's. So it is New Year's. Yeah, how was your New Year's, by the way?
2: You know, my New Year's seems to have never ended. I did the CNN version where I watched it around the world. I went retro and also celebrated Chinese New Year. What? And wow. Uh, I I just I'm continuing to celebrate by being on your program. Okay,
0: well, don't drink too much because we have to have you talking clearly and coherently. So. Put down your glass of wine for a little bit. Can you do that?
2: Uh, You changed the rules.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) I forgot to tell you. So uh, Jim and I met a long time ago, and I think it was maybe even via social media. And then we found out we had this a common element, and I want to start with that. There's a lot to talk about, Jim, but I want to start with the fact that we were talking about spin, and I said, yeah, I teach, and I started with uh, Star Trek and the the Precision Cycling Program, and you didn't just start with spin and Precision. You actually started Star Trek. I mean, you were at the beginning of that company.
2: You know, I was the one responsible for making it a 20-year overnight success, you know.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, I just want to talk about that for a second because at that point when you guys started, were you doing, were you creating like all the treadmills and all that, or what? What was going on with Star Trek when you first got started?
2: So in that day, without dating myself uh, too well, there was this movement in the U.S., which then moved around the world. And, and back in the eighties, let's say, there was this craze around. Reebok, Reebok step. this the life cycle exercise bike had come out. Uh, a Stairmaster had hit the market. It, nobody had um, developed or had the hold on a category of treadmill. I was introduced to this company by some uh, older gentlemen who had a little bit of money and said, do you think you could make this particular product the life cycle of its category? I had a um, closet full of Superman capes, uh, enough money to invest everything I had and a belief that I could turn the world, and make it a fitter place. Uh, (laughs) I've learned over the long haul is people would much rather celebrate New Year's or it's much more fun to get fat than to get fit. But (laughs) over the course of time, uh, we built a a great company, and i say I was the guy that made it a 20-year-old success. As you know by your show and everything you've done, it's all about the team you develop.
0: Absolutely. When you got into that, were you already in fitness? Were you already actively, personally involved?
2: I I was. I had... um, uh, in high school, I was a uh, football player. I went to college to do the same. I found out I wasn't as durable in college as I was in high school. I worked two jobs in college along with playing sports. I was um, bartending at night and working in Nautilus fitness clubs during the day. <laughs> and I found it was, it was a lot more fun um, working with clients at night in the bar than it was with the folks looking <laughs> out of machines during the day. But I had some investment in, in fitness clubs through some family members. Uh, I had a personal passion around running marathons. I got involved in uh, bets and did an Ironman triathlon. So I had the bug early on in life.
0: Yeah, you did. You did. Okay, so let's we're going to move forward a little bit and uh, and skip some of the years there at Star Trek. But I, I know that what you do now is empower other corporations and companies, you know, to run their business as well. But the reason that I'm having you on the show, because that's certainly, we're, we're not corporations listening, although a lot of us work for, you know, companies, but the the transformation that you went through, I know, on a personal level and the stories and the lessons that you also want to put out there for others, hopefully who don't make the same mistakes, and that's why we're kicking the show off with you, is because you have walked uh, your talk and you have been through a lot from a professional level uh, personal level and i want to i want to dive into that in in just a moment let me ask you about this in fitness now and then we'll get into into all of that in the next segment what are your thoughts right now on in the industry of health and fitness and wellness and do you think we're in a good place do you think people are getting it do you think it's the same issues over and over again where are we with just the general public taking charge of their life, because we are getting more obese. So something's not working.
2: As I said earlier, it's a lot more fun to get fat than get fit, right? Yeah,
1: fortunately.
2: Uh, So if you look at data, it depends if if we're talking about, let's say, the world here in North America. You know, the, the number of people by percentage engaged in physical activity is only slightly up. Facilities seem to be flat. Although there are more options and more things that are categorized as physical activity and exercise. I think what's happened is there are some trends now that have increased, um, let's say, awareness, but I think it's moved people from one spot to another, and you can look at CrossFit as as an amazing example of that. However, for the most part, that's difficult for the average individual, and now we're all average with the exception of folks that have been engaged in physical activity for a while. So I don't know that necessarily we're, we're moving the needle, although a lot of bright people are trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What are you doing now these days? Because I know you compete a lot. What, what's, what kind of uh, activity, what's your schedule like to stay fit?
2: Oh, yeah. So I have a high threshold for pain. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I continue down the path of doing these long-distance triathlons. And, you know, people say, wow, you've done Ironman. If you saw me doing them, then you wouldn't be that impressed. And they ask me, what's the best part of those three events that you do? And I say, it's actually a fourth. It's the transition of changing clothes from point to point. That's what <laughs> I'm really good at. So, still involved in that, still doing something every day, and I tend to, for my business, tend to have as many meetings as I can in environments that put me close to physical activity so that I make sure I don't miss it, because sometimes we have to multitask in order to get it in.
0: Oh, that's a good point. So in other words, if you have a meeting or something, you, you think about literally the, the location, and so it's less of an excuse. Is that what you mean?
2: exactly right. And when I had the business, uh, and even still to this day, if people say we ought to have a meeting, you know, if we all think in pictures, you know, statistically people say, well, we'll sit at a table and have that or go to a coffee shop. I believe you can have that on a bicycle, on treadmills, walking outside. So there's a lot of benefit, right brain, left brain, of the oxygen impact on the flow of conversation, on the innovation in conversation, and much more fun than sitting in a room, which tends to make us as stale. Uh, So to the extent I can, I engage people in activity while we're discussing business issues. It seems to be something that's of benefit to
0: both of us. That is – I never thought of that. I do know of the work environments where they have – I guess you can walk on the treadmill really slow at your desk. I've seen that. I don't even know if that's still happening. I've seen seen it, I don't know, on CNN or something. But I never thought of having a meeting at the gym uh, discussing things while you're on the life cycle or treadmill. But good for you. If someone's going to do that, I guess you can start that – You know, start the committee meeting. That'd be great. Committee meeting at the gym. Lift some dumbbells and, you know keep people going. Well, we have a lot to talk about, Jim, and um, you're with the JMAC. Obviously, it's your company, JMAC Performance Group, and you're also an author, and we're going to dive into your life a little bit, if you don't mind, in the transformation and just the revelations, I guess, that you went through and why you wrote your book and how that will impact others as we look at 2014. Life lessons are the best when people can speak from experience and that's what we're going to do, guys, next on, uh, on Life in the Groove with Jim McPartland, who is my guest. And you don't want to go anywhere. You're going to hear kind of a little bit about um, some stuff that he learned as he kind of climbed the corporate ladder up and down. So stay right where you're at. This is Life in the Groove. See what I'm doing? Jay, see what I'm doing here? You want to describe what I'm doing?
1: You're, you're raising the roof?
0: I'm raising the roof. That's a good <laughs> thing. I'm doing the happy dance, but I'm seated. So I'm going to create one where I'm standing. i got to like have it. a happy That's dance. Great, yeah. i got to create one, though. Like the football players do in the end zones. I need a dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah like a I need a dance. Flip
0: and dance yeah. is what I need. Life in the groove. Tina Anderson, welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy frickin' New Year. Jim McPartland is my guest. J-Mac Performance group and also an author and a fitness guy himself and, uh, you know, corporate extraordinaire, helping businesses grow, flourish, people do better, all those great things. Hey, I saw a quote, uh, you guys, from another gym. Uh, Jim, do you, have you, you probably know Jim Rohn, right, the motivational speaker? Jim Rohn, mm-hmm. R-O-H. Yeah, he's. I got Legend. to. I got. Yeah, and I got to meet him when I worked for a chamber of commerce in the Saddleback Valley Chamber. He was uh, involved. I've forgotten something, so I got to go to one of his, one of his workshop seminar day things. It was life changing for me. But anyway, I'm going to leave this with you guys um, just for this moment right here. I want you to really think about this. I think it's a great uh, statement that uh, that he made, and this is what it is. The greatest gift you can give somebody is your own personal development. I used to say, quote, if you take care of me, I will take care of you. Now I say, I will take care of me for you if you will take care of you for me. And that's from Jim Rohn. I love that quote. I think it, it puts a perspective on, uh, we owe each other a strong life. We owe each other uh, the effort to make our bodies and our mind as strong as possible. We owe that to the people that we love and the people who love us. And I think that's what he's saying there. And I think that's fantastic for 2014. Wouldn't you agree, Jim McPartland from the JMAC Performance Group?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a softball question. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, guide me, Obi-Wan, because I can certainly give you my perspective on all of it.
0: Yes. Okay. So, now, when we first talked, this is what I love, too, is that when we first met a long time ago, you were working on this book, this book concept, this idea, and I was working on some things, too, on how I could integrate fitness in, into more media. And what is so um, what is so awesome is that you did what you said you were going to do, and I pretty much did the same. And so here we are, years later, talking on the phone, and really seeing the fruition of some hard work. And that is, I think that's just, you know, another reason to celebrate. Let's go back to the beginning stages of your thoughts on creating, you know, a manuscript or writing. Let's go back in time. What exactly was happening? Why? How did this all get started?
2: Excellent. So, you know, the the title of the book is Unopened Gifts, subtitle of the Journey to Gratitude. And uh, it's my first book. Took about three years to write, and I could also tell you that I think the name of my second book is going to be called "How Not to Write a Book," based on what I learned about <laughs> writing the first book. There you go. <laughs> and this is, you know, really me having the courage to say I like everybody on the planet has been given a gift. We're given a gift at birth, and if we have the uh, courage to reach inside and find that gift, open that gift, and give it away, life can become, uh, for lack of a better phrase, magical, and obstacles can move out of the way. And I'm not sure I always had that. Um, concept in mind, and I'll I'll expand on that. So when I got involved in business, I had this association that success or love as a father, as a son looking for love from his father, was going to be love equals success. And if I excelled on the gridiron, if I excelled in business, I would have that love I was looking for. I didn't know that at the time, so I spent an enormous amount of time trying to do that both in sports and in business and the good news is we built an amazing business it grew to almost two hundred million dollars uh... now i was running it It could have been a billion dollars if i wasn't running it but nonetheless uh, what i learned along the way was a couple things that led to the book my parents died at young ages my father was fifty seven my mom was sixty one i believed for a long time tina that had they only exercise consistently that might have been different now there were cigarettes and alcohol and high-fat diets and stress and all these attributes that I looked at in the business world, I would have put it on pie charts and said, you know, they're pretty equally divided. These are the things that took my parents at a young age. I come to believe over time, or if I was doing that presentation for the audience today, I would tell you the largest chunk of that pie on that pie chart would be that each of them died of a broken heart. They died with the music inside. They had a gift, couldn't access it weren't equipped to do it, much less to give that gift away. And in the business side of things, when I made the connection between that and the employees, which is everything in life, in life it's people, and a business is called employees, that's a label. When I made the connection that everybody in the organization had a gift, had a dream, and no matter what was on their business card, there was something they wanted to be when they grew up, much like a child wants to be anything they can be when they grow up, right, Superman, Batman, astronaut. I made the correlation, fortunately I did, not too late, that when I was inspiring people, at least I thought it was, to join the business, I was selling them on my dream. So six months, 12 months later, we would lose some people, and I would think it was their fault. The reality was mine. I was selling them on my dream. I wasn't talking to them about theirs. When I made that shift and had the courage to ask people about, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that was, no matter what age they were, male, female, it didn't matter if I could do something to support it in exchange for them meeting their business obligations for us, then perhaps we could build a great organization. And a lot of people said, you can't talk to people about that. You need to have them focused on their work. I said, look, I may or may not talk about it, but people are thinking about it anyways. So let's just you know, put some clothing on the uh, elephant that's in the room. And it was one of the fundamental shifts that when I spoke to people about their gifts and work to align the, the gift of the company, the potential of the business, with that potential of the employee, business flourished. It was an amazing thing. So the long answer to your question about what led to the book is, I believe one of my gifts is to help people unlock their potential and recognize the gift that they have. And there are only so many ways to touch people. I have the gift of your show today, a book, a speaking platform, some coaching work. Uh, and my intention is to try to light as many torches inside people as I can because we all have a gift.
0: Now, Jim, when you talk about your gift, so when was the revelation for you that this is what I can do during the process or at the beginning of the book? Or was there a point in your life when you really sort of had a little, hey, wait, I think I'm good at this, even in college? Or when did, when did it actually happen for you?
2: Well, you know, I was you mentioned Jim Rohn. I was a fan of his way back when. I would read that type of book and be involved in personal development most of my life. And it's to me, the gift that we have, the potential that we have, some might call it the purpose we have, it's a bit like a shadow, meaning it never goes away. And I had this belief that this was something I was supposed to do, but I was fearful. Most of us can become fearful. Who am I to say that I can write this book, take this stage, inspire people to find their gift? Much easier for me to hide behind the label of a business card and preside and over growing a company. Uh, and, but it never went away, Tina, and like the shadow, unless you turn around and face it, it's always going to be there. Uh, and so I had the the thought for heck ten years, uh, and finally one of the things dawned on me was around the word regret. And you would have this distinction, I'm sure, in your own life, the guys. There in the studio, are the same, is you know you get the rocking chair test, right? You're 90 or 100. You're rocking. You're looking back, and the question is, what would you say you've regretted about your life? And it dawned on me when a wise friend said, look, it's not what you did that you're going to regret, it's what you didn't do. And so I said, well, then I've got to go do this. And here I am.
0: (laughs) Yeah, congratulations, uh, because you have done, obviously, you have done, and I know it's been a struggle, and I know with the book, and I I want to, uh, can you hang one more segment so we can talk about the book a little bit more? Yeah, of okay. course. Okay, good. So when we come back, um, we're going to talk about gifts. And I want to ask you this question, and I want you listeners to think as well. How do you know when you're using a God-given, if you if you believe in that, how do you know when you're using an innate God-given gift or um, if you're really searching for what should I be doing, how do you go about figuring that out, especially as we look at 2014? It's a brand-new slate. And then I want to ask you about the parallels in that book because I'm wondering if there are any parallels in your life because it's a pretty hardcore, you know, situation, pretty, that other people have gone through. So when we come back on Life in the Groove, I'm going to ask Jim about that as well. So you guys uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to make sure you're using your gifts for 2014. My God, finally, if it hasn't already happened, it will happen now. Life in the Groove continues. Love my music. Of course, I would love my music. It's my music. But Jay's helping me out too. Life in the groove and uh, Jim McPartland from the J Mag Performance Group started Star Trek. You've heard of them, and an all-around, uh, uh, really amazing guy and author. Jim, the book. There is a pretty serious situation going on. You've got a guy that's not really focused on his priorities, and. You've got a wife that feels like she might need some love somewhere else. Uh, is there any parallel in your life?
2: <laughs> well, were <laughs> changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Yeah, well, uh, just asking. Well, you know, its uh, I've been told, and I think it's true, we tend to write about, or at least I have written about something I know uh, a lot about the subject matter on, and that would be me. Uh, so the book is, is written as an inspirational business novel, names were changed uh, to protect innocent and guilty so that you know people could look at this story, particularly people that work, uh, and most of us do, and meet six or seven different characters and perhaps relate to those characters wherever they are in their life. They may see something in these characters that send them a the message. So it's you know the, the main character, Kyle, is a guy forever in pursuit of the brass ring. He almost loses everything he has because he doesn't recognize what he has, and it's never enough. Uh, and it was about losing that family almost in business, almost realize, holy smokes, what am I running for or running from? Everything I've been looking for is right around me. I need to stop and look.
0: Yes, very serious step, but a lot of people have gone through that. And then at the same time, the marriage is just not happening because they're obviously growing apart and and not focused on even the relationship, I'm assuming. Um, And so I think that's probably true for so many people these days that are listening right now. How, uh, uh well, you know what, before I forget, let's get your information out. So website, the, is, I know you can get the book there, but l- let me just give you a second to get out your information for my listeners.
2: Yeah, so there's, there's, there's a couple ways to do it. One is unopen, unopened gifts, and there's a hyphen between unopened and gifts. So unopened-gifts.com, that would that bring people to the website and also further information about the book. That's the easiest way to do it, or my full name, if people can uh, write fast, James McPartland, I'm sure that will be available on your show. That's also a .com. But unopened .com is the best way to do it.
0: Okay. All right. Okay, sure. No, absolutely. How would someone know that they're using their gift or gifts in yeah, life?
2: You know, it's you know, a couple things come racing to mind is like you are on this program, as an example, which would be a, a verbal visual for people tuned in. You're in the sweet spot. Time moves fast. It, it's it's not work. It's fun. And all of a sudden, the clock has gone for whatever period of time it's gone. And so it's sort of being in the groove or in the flow. It's natural. You feel it. Uh, another way to, to look at it would be to flip that coin in the opposite direction. You know, Many people in life have stress, right? Some of it's actually positive. But part of stress is a warning sign. And that warning sign is that we're not doing something that we know we're supposed to do. Now that could relate to anything to returning a phone call, but often it's that shadow we're referred to is there's something inside of us that we're either resisting that only gets stronger, like in that physical activity, the muscle gets stronger through resistance, or we're ignoring or we're afraid of. You know, and another way to to sort of assess where we are in terms of using our gifts is the people around us probably know us better than we think they do. As a matter of fact, some of them know us better than we know ourselves, and we seldom fool anybody. I'm sure there's people around each of us who would take a crack at saying, look, boy, if you were doing this, uh, you'd make your music or you'd make magic happen because I really think you're talented in this direction.
0: That's a good point. People around you who can give you perspective. I think that's uh, because we don't always perceive ourselves – as the way we're being perceived, and we don't see our gifts sometimes that are obvious to everybody else. Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, it's true, and I think you know we um, have stereotypes, and we have stories in our mind about what's right and what's wrong and what we're supposed to be doing, what our parents said we're supposed to do. And if we slow down long enough and we listen, you use the word God, if you just listen to the voice inside, to God inside, whatever you want to describe it or put a label to it, instinctively most of us know. And if we need validation, the people around us will tell us, because although we often think we're fooling other people, the person we tend to fool most often is ourselves. Right, other, right. Other people see us the way we really are.
0: Good words. Unopened-gifts uh, is the site, probably the easiest way to get to Jim's book. Congratulations, Jim. And uh, let's talk again in the future. So great to connect with you. And really, I am so happy for your book and for all your success. And so um, I'll be watching for you know, any other developments come up in your way you
2: know you are a gift to the audience a gift to me i appreciate the opportunity happy new year to you you too
0: and i'll talk to you soon bye-bye okay life in the groove continues don't go anywhere mm, mm, mm. that was that's not good shouldn't be doing that you can do that, though. You guys can dance. Yeah, this is a story of famous dog. Yeah, it's a famous dog. Life in the groove. How you guys doing? The answer is very well, thank you. Fantastic rock stars living a good life, having fun, enjoying yourself. What a great uh, interview, talking about uh, sharing your gifts and the fact that my guest thought that he basically lost his parents early, not because of their bad lifestyle, but because of broken hearts, because they didn't share their gifts in the world. And that, not to be cliche, but honestly, I believe, as your groove gal, that you are born with innate talents and gifts, and it is absolutely required that you share them with the world. We need them. We need them. And that includes every little thing out there that gets done from the very small, what might seem insignificant, to the more significant. We need all of those pieces to make the world go round. And I truly believe that. I really, really do. I'm not just making that up. 855-892-9606. Toll free. Tina Anderson OC. That stands for the OC. TinaAndersonOC.com to reach out. You know, I did a, uh, I did a voiceover job, you guys, last uh, last week. Do tell. Yeah, and it was for Yamaha, which is I'm, I was returning for the gig. And, you know, people think of voiceover and they think, oh, it's really fun, you know, you get to talk and be characters. And, and I love Yamaha, which is why I don't do a lot of voiceover anymore, but I love them. And so of course, I would support that. But you get in a small booth, and I'm doing a I'm doing voicemail stuff for a bunch of equipment. So it's like, press one yeah exactly it's, and then it's like the C5 Yamaha board equals transient you know it's that kind of stuff and then it's it's just page after page of that
1: but you were making it sound sexy I'm well of course <laughs> that, your, that was your role yeah
0: that was absolutely press I was like, one yeah. <laughs> yeah press one um, but what I find is that really after I go a little stir crazy in the small booth for about four hours and when you get into voiceover you think oh it's gonna be fun well that's if you're doing a movie
1: they start slowly piping in water yeah the, I mean it's booth. really like
0: you know, and uh, but I love it. It's, it's fun to do anyway. So if you guys ever call Yamaha and you get on on the on hold button and it sounds kind of like me, that's me. That is me. That's uh, me. How are you guys doing with your New Year's resolutions? Do you have any? Do you guys set any New Year's resolutions?
1: Uh, to be more awesome. Okay, I guess. that's how you doing on that. How you doing on that, Jay? <laughs> so rocking so it.
0: Yeah, he's rocking it. That's a good one. That's, how are you judging that? What's your, uh, what's your frame of reference? How are you measuring that goal?
1: Uh, you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> do you okay, how's any, he doing? Do you notice any uptick in my awesomeness? Yeah, it's,
0: actually, you're right. You are glowing okay, with thanks. awesomeness. Bri, anything I that you... I have you've...
1: several, but I actually set them in November. Oh. But a couple of them are check email less frequently. Okay. Like I try to do it about five, six times a day. Okay, good. Which is hard because you know, we have a lot of news shows and it needs to be very real time. But of course. Of course. As he um, looks at his email right now, always exact, talking to me. Oh, I got to respond Look to this. Up at um me. also okay. one I have is What do I have? Remember them is a good one. Okay, there you go. Um, we got to
0: write them down to remember them.
1: Oh, well, it's um wake up and be in the moment for 10 minutes.
0: Oh, good. Cuz
1: a lot of times whether it's kind of your subconscious waking up remembering your dream or just kind of kind of settling yourself. Yes. As opposed to the typical wake up and first thing you do is check your email or That's check so the news true. or whatever else. So I think I wake up and just b
0: that 's excellent
1: no my, my my honest my real resolution is just unbelievably cliche, and that 's just to lose weight okay
0: so. as long as you uh, listen there 's nothing wrong with that if it 's really a true resolution it 's a good one, and it 's an important one for a lot of us anyway, so as long as you really believe in that, and when I come back i 'm going to help you with your uh, resolutions or goals, let's just call them goals, a couple tips to remind you how to keep them. And they're easy, and they're doable, and they work. I promise you I would not lie to you. I'm dying if I'm lying, as my friend says. (laughs) So I'm going to wrap up this session with also one of my favorite ways to work out to burn a ton of calories and what I believe is super efficient. So I'll give you a couple tips on that as well as we wrap up the first show of 2014 on Life in the Groove. Jay, you sound good like that. That's I like that voice. Thank you. That's, that's his nice. morning voice. I know it is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, what they sound like. Yeah, oh <laughs> that's sexy too. That's I like it. You guys know what we're what you're listening to, right? From Ferris Bueller's Day Off, classic movie. Oh my gosh, we own it. Uh, and I keep worrying about having DVDs because what if they go out of style or something? But anyway, Life in the Groove, wrapping up the first uh, show of 2014. Happy New Year, and I sincerely hope. It has been, will be, and continue to be a happy uh, new year. Although happiness doesn't necessarily mean everything's going well. I mean, we try to just stay in a kind of a good state of being happy despite all that. And I hope you can do that as well because we have challenges. That's normal. And Brian was just talking about New Year's resolutions and about being in the moment when he wakes up and not just checking your phone right away, which is easy to do because I use mine as an alarm clock. So it's easy to grab it. And he was talking about email interruptions, and this was off the air. So why don't you share for, for our, my listeners what you said about what you've read about checking your email? Sure.
1: Yeah, there have been some studies done that basically say if you're in your office doing regular work, you're writing a report, doing research, whatever else, if you get an email and you have that kind of the auto-ping on so you check it immediately, there can be up to like a 20, 30-minute basically a disturbance from you getting back to really focusing consciously on your other on your other project.
0: Yeah, I read also that what happens when you have the pings and the Twitter notifications and all that going and whatever it is, is that you think you're multitasking, but really what you do is you don't develop the true creative process with one project. And so you miss out. You don't even know what you're missing.
1: And studies say that we as humans cannot multitask. We all pretend like we can well, but we do multiple things poorly.
0: Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And for those of you that are, quote, multitaskers, and I used to say, oh, I'm the multitasker. And now I realize that I'm robbing the creative process. And you don't even know what you're robbing yourself of because you don't get there. Mm -hmm. If If you... have that constant interruption you don't know what you could have right
1: so turn off all your notifications make sure to spend time you know by yourself working on whatever project it is. really intensely get focused on it and then some people go as extreme as set appointments for your email say i'm going to check it at 8 a.m i'm going to check it at noon check it at 4 p.m and it seems really hard but you know what there are so many times that nothing really happens in a couple hours just let it go
0: i agree jay what about you
1: absolutely He doesn't have email. (laughs) What were you talking about? Or mailbox. (laughs) Or anything. (laughs) Or a fixed address.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's one way of keeping your your life clutter free. Yes, I decided that a while back I would schedule my day better. Because when you don't work a, a regular, quote, job, then you have all this free time to work around. And you end up just being glued to your computer off and on and electronics off and on all day. Like, you don't turn it off. And it is, it's terrible. And being a mom of teenagers and and a good marriage, I want to keep it that way. You know, you've got to think of, through this. And so uh, a good a friend from fitness and an amazing entrepreneur, Shalene uh, Johnson, who has done incredible things and walks her talk as well, I, I watched a short little seminar thing that she did on how she gets everything done. Because she you, you just, people are like, how could you possibly do what you do? And she explained that she delegates a ton, and she also schedules her day like kids in school. She said, I, I realized one day, how do kids learn so much in school? Because they're in blocks of time.
1: Mm-hmm. Does she schedule you know? recess
0: then? <laughs> sort of. She kind of does. All day long yeah. online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I thought, and I, and I watched her, you know, the presentation, and I said, I can do this. And so you set a time, her workout time is really early, but you set your times, and 80% of the time you try to stick with it. And she ex- definitely said, you have your social media maybe early in the morning if you use it for business and you check email. You don't check it again. Maybe even you say, I work, and this is what she said, I have my hours of work where I don't go to lunch. I do. I'm like, like this is my time to work on whatever I need to work on, and so I kind of created that for myself. That anything work related would be about between 8:30 and 11:30, and I would work out around 11:30 to noon. And so I even switched my classes it, from a morning quote prime time class to a noon class. And then I have times when I check email and do all that. But I by seven o'clock is my time to have a glass of wine, watch a fun show, or help with homework and be done, unless I have a big deadline. It has made the biggest difference of not checking things all the time and being on a schedule. I can't tell you. So if you guys are struggling with anything like that, and Brian's making that change as well, and Jay is, you know, living vicariously through (laughs) us. (laughs) No, he's he's making his own changes.
1: But schedule creative time. Yes. Time for just, you know, creative thinking and just letting go of all the day-to-day mundane interruptions and... That kind of stuff.
0: Absolutely. I mean, don't, you know, I mean, schedule the, the show in for sure, because that can't go, but uh, everything else. Well, whatever. obviously. Obviously. I mean, come on. Okay, real quickly, uh, as we end this show, my workout suggestion to get the most bang for your buck is once again, uh, HIT or high intensity interval training. And it's the, uh, one of the most effective at reducing visceral fat, which is the fat that can give you a heart attack. And it's much better than low intensity. You can go a lot less time. And you can work out about five times harder, burn way more calories, and stay at a very high level of calorie burn. So that would be maybe one minute super hard at something, one minute recovery, get way out of breath, get super uncomfortable. And you could do 15 minutes and to 20 minutes is all. If you get up to 30 minutes, that's considered advanced. So if you don't have a lot of time, you want to burn a lot of calories, and you want to stay at a, a high metabolic rate, you guys look it up. Google it. It's really simple. Uh, there's so many ways to do intervals. Walk, run, do the life cycle. You can do it on an elliptical. You can even do it on the treadmill. But work towards interval training in the new year. Get the most bang for your buck. Don't stay at the gym for two hours. You're going to break down your body. You're going to get bored of it, and you're going to give it up unless you're training for some sort of competition. That's that's my tip. Go to intervals. All right, guys. Uh, New year. I'm working on um, Angel Reader, someone that I've used for angel readings. Really fantastic. Hopefully next week, if not the week after, it's going to be fascinating on how angels play a role in our lives. Until then, make good choices, set appropriate boundaries, spread some good vibrations in the world. We need good vibrations. Find something to laugh about every <laughs> Thanks, day. Thanks, Marky Mark. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Good vibrations. Uh, i, I got to get that song, Jay. Remind me. Find okay. something to laugh about every day, every single flipping day, and manage your stress before it manages you because it will manage you right into the ground. This is Tina Anderson reminding you to live your life in the groove, and have a great week. I'll catch you guys next weekend.